0: And it's important, I see how quickly I'm going to rush to the end of my days. And it's important that I practice some solitude with the Lord. And it's also important that I practice corporate worship with the body of Christ, with the Lord. And I honor Pastor Monty and Olga for their dedication and determination to set aside 21 days in January and 21 days in... I guess y'all usually always do it in August, but it's like two times a year where we say, hey, life moves really fast, life, things happen really fast, but we're going to slow down, we're going to do a spiritual reset. I talked this morning about sitting at the feet of Jesus and the plans we make, and uh, I'm going to share something with you, I'm not bragging on myself, but this season of 21 Days, I don't know exactly how they've sold it to you or what they've brought up, but One of the practices of Christians that's still relevant, just like we have the sacrament or this sacred tradition where we receive the body and blood of Christ, is fasting and prayer. And so I'm going to share a little bit about my fasting journey. And for whatever reason, some of you may have been asked to consider what you, and I don't know how you pitch it, guys. Do y'all pitch it that you should set aside something, make a... And there's different ways. I'll give you an easy way because if this is all new to you, I want you to have an entryway. Over the next 21 days, uh, you need to reframe your time from what it has been in the past months. And you need to intentionally make as many uh, meetings here as you can with God's people. But at home or when you can't be here, you need to intentionally set aside some time in prayer. So one of the easiest things to do is to say the world and life around me is so busy, I want to cut off some of the noise so that I can more easily hear from God. And one thing that people give up, and it's it's a noble thing and it's worthwhile to give up. If you use social media like crazy, if you're one of the people who now spends two hours a day on Facebook, When you were growing up, you watched television. Now it's Instagram or Twitter or Snapchat. Take a social media break. Say, God, you know, that thing's big in my life. It's become a habit. I'm going to put that habit aside, and then that's going to leave a lot of room for me to focus on you. You don't have to delete your account, but I just delete the app off my phone. Just delete my social media apps and just let them, and then because it's habit, I sit down, I open it up. But if the app's not there, I can't open it up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's gone. It just gives me some room in my heart to spend some time every day with Him. But more traditionally, scriptural fasting, they didn't have social media. I don't know if y'all know this, but there wasn't an iBible or a Bible app or iPhone back in Jesus's day. I think they had Birkenstocks. But other than that, I think we're totally different. They set aside food. And when you read the Scriptures, you see times when things happened and people were grieved or they were worried or they were concerned or they just wanted an answer from God and maybe everybody corporately would fast three days. We see Moses in the oldest parts of Scripture going up on the mountain to be alone with the Lord and he went 40 days without food. But he was in the very presence of God and there was some supernatural sustenance Likely that happened. Again, we see Jesus, when He does this temptation in the wilderness, He goes alone and for 40 days, He fasts. And there's perhaps supernatural sustenance. But there's a pattern. The Apostle Paul said He was in prayer and fastings often. So what I want to do, and y'all can look at me and tell, I've got this, it's a bluebell body. Do y'all have bluebell ice cream in New Orleans? Look. I don't, there's an old saying where I grew up in Mississippi, I don't drink, smoke, cuss, or chew, or go with girls who do. That'll sink in. I don't drink, smoke, cuss, or chew, or go with girls who do. Boy, I'll tell you what I do. When I, this is how I get my stress relief. Boy, nighttime ice cream. I just drown my sorrows in a bottle of sh- sugar and dairy goodness. My family will tell you. But it's okay if I take some of that thing that I've been using to drown my sorrows and I set it aside for a season. And I want to read a passage uh, of, from Daniel. And Daniel was a servant of God. God spoke to him. He saw mighty visions, mighty things that came to pass. Daniel was taken away from the land he grew up in into captivity in Babylon. And when That's the Old Testament. And when you read the Old Testament, the Old Testament... Uh, the big themes of the Old Testament are sometimes referred to as type and shadow. They're like a big theme becomes a story that's applicable to us as New Testament believers. And Daniel was a servant of God in Babylon. In Babylon, all the way through Scripture, it comes to reference what is the system of the enemy of the world. Babylon, where... Uh, all the secular has control and where evil seems to reign and people don't take time for God and in the system of Babylon, in the kingdom of Babylon, God's faithful servant Daniel, different things happen to him and his heart would grow heavy. Any of y'all's hearts ever get heavy? Just for what you see in the world? Just what happens in the world? What you hear about? Men, if you're tough and strong and look, I, I love a manly message and a manly gospel. If you don't shed a tear, if you work hard and you you lead your family well, there's still almost like a soul sickness you see in society around you and it it will try to creep in around the edges. And you might not put on a sad face, but you feel the weight of the world that we live in. So let me read you what Daniel had to say. The 10th chapter of the book of Daniel... Says this, in the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, had another vision. He understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future, times of war and great hardship. So Daniel saw things that were coming. He saw a vision. He had had visions from God before. He had talked to angels. He saw a vision. It kind of weighed him down. When this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks. I just want to bring this up because 21 days is a significant biblical number. For 21 days I had been in mourning. All that time I had eaten no rich food. No meat or wine crossed my lips. So there's different ways to do fasting, but something that's been uh, popular in years of late is to do a Daniel fast. That is, if you're, and there's particular ways, nothing really is as legalistic as man likes to make it but it's almost like a vegetarian fast, setting aside things that you would normally like, still having enough energy and strength to go on, but you just set aside some things that matter to you so that you're wearing your mourning, your your body is suffering as your heart suffers and your heart breaks for culture or people around you or family members. And I don't know about this next part, but it says, I use no fragrant lotions. Still wear your deodorant. Maybe just don't, you know, wear all the deodorant you want to wear. Maybe just don't wear as much cologne. I don't know. Scripture's a mystery. It's hard to interpret sometimes. I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. And the, the NLT's so cool with the specificity sometimes. On April 23rd, as I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River, I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing. And this is, a, this is really a vision of Jesus. With a belt of pure gold around his waist, his body looked like a precious gem, his face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches, his arms and feet shone like polished bronze, and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. I'll just point this out. He says, the men that were with me saw nothing, but they were terrified and ran away to hide. Daniel had been Morning. He had been working on his body and he had been preparing himself to have eyes to see the vision that God was going to show him. Then skipping over, go to verse 10. Daniel was there trembling after this interaction and with this man, this vision that he had seen of God. And he said, just then a hand touched me and lifted me up, still trembling to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. I just want to tell you, Nola Church, you are very precious to God. You're very precious. Follow the pattern of Daniel position yourself to see the vision and hear the answer that God has for you because you're very precious to Him. When He said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. Then He said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Now, this is what 21 days is significant to me right here. It says, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. Anybody, you you have something on your heart that like, oh, if Jesus could just, if He could just answer me, if I just knew, oh, my heart breaks God, I'm concerned about this. I'm concerned about my job, about having enough money for the family, about the increase in the cost of my health insurance, about taxes, about the car that's broke down about retirement, about the stock market. I, I'm just a man that leads a house. I worry about money a lot. I'm telling you all I do. I want God to give me answers sometimes to show me the way. And y'all worry about things. But here Daniel is and this messenger from heaven says don't be afraid Daniel since the first day you begin to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in your answer, have come in answer to your prayer, but for twenty-one days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. And now I am here to explain what will happen to your people in the future for this vision, concerns a time yet to come. In my life, when I face valleys, when I face big decisions, when I recognize my heart is stale, because it it gets stale, you can come to church and get chill bumps. When the songs start, and you're like, "Where did that come from?" Man, I feel God in here. And then somebody walked in tonight, and you're like, "I see these people responding, but I'm just numb. I just don't feel anything." You can get numb. You're going. You're doing the right things. You're giving of your time, your finances, you're serving, but nothing just feels cold and dead I just tell you that the way you break out of that is you break your flesh you give yourself as a living sacrifice to God so I mentioned this morning I began to fast as end of high school going into college my wife and I were we were talking around getting married when I was 21 and I was I was just I was zealous, that's a Bible word I guess but I was just eager and sincere to want to marry the right person and to have God's blessing on my life and do things in order and I'm probably the only person in this room that fasted for 14 days before he decided to marry or or pursue marriage with his wife but I did, I went 14 days and I I was just eager for God's blessing and you know what? the Lord loves that when you're that hungry for him, he responds. So I fasted for 14 days. My wife and I, we were married. And I, I, I used to not, when I was a young man, I didn't get to many opportunities to preach. And I had this pattern almost of if someone like Pastor Bonnie would invite me to speak at their church, I would be so eager. God, what would you have me to say to the people? I don't want it to be my words. I want it to be your words that I would fast for three days working on my message. And then I might fast again right before I went. I even went through a season a few years ago where I used to try to fast on Saturday. So on Sunday morning when I would preach, that I just, I just wanted my flesh to be pushed down and I wanted God to be magnified in my head and my heart and through my voice. I found out that doesn't work for me because I'm weak and tired on Sunday morning. Time and time again, the Scripture gives us examples of Fasting. The Pharisees, the religious people, they had it down to a science. They fasted and suffered so they could wear it publicly and people could see what they were doing. They would pray out loud, Oh, Father, thank you, Lord, that I have this beautiful truth that I understand the law and the prophets. And when they would fast, they would look pitiful publicly and they would probably go to dinner and say, I am not eating because I am fasting. Jesus actually warned and said, Don't do that. Those people, they've got all their reward right there. Men saw what they were doing. So I'll tell you, your co workers, your friends, they don't understand 21 days prayer and worship at church all the time. They don't understand fasting. So just keep it a secret. Just excuse yourself at lunch. Tell a couple of people closest to you if you're going to miss lunch. Be- work on giving something up. I've given coffee up before. I'm addicted to caffeine. I would rather go without food than go without caffeine. Going without food makes me hungry. Going without caffeine makes my head hurt. Bad. Excedrin migraine. Skate the rules. Don't be a legalist. It's got caffeine in the pill. Tylenol, aspirin, and caffeine. Not drinking any coffee. No caffeine. Well, take this Excedrin migraine just to get me through the day like a drug addict with a crutch. (laughs) It's what it is. Caffeine, ice cream's not really an addiction. I love it. I use it as a crutch, but caffeine's an addiction. The Apostle Paul said, I don't let my body come under the power of any. I know my body's under the power of caffeine. So from time to time, I give up caffeine... Just to show, Lord, I don't really want anything to control me but you. So I don't know what it is for you. For me, I'm not going to boast 21 days into the future at this moment. But I'm going to, I will boast 7 days. But for 21 days, I'm coming back. Pastor Monty's invited me to be back with y'all. First part of September. Between now and then, I'll intend to go 21 days with no food. I so, said, man, that sounds crazy. I intend on going 21 days with no food. And I know I can do it because I've done it many times before. My wife and I, my wife witnessed, she walked with me in our last major season of life. I just wanted to commit my way to the Lord. I fasted from food for 40 days. And I remember when she's sitting here on the front row and not to toot her horn, but she used to say, oh, I, I might, I'll try to fast three days with you. I'll go seven days of the journey with you. And she thought, there's no way. I see Michael do this crazy thing where he fasts for long periods of time. I could never do that. But I can tell you all, as God began to use me in the area of prayer and fasting, my wife has now joined me multiple times on 21-day fast. We cook dinner for our kids. We fix their school lunches. I go to work. We take care of the household. We go to church we have a hot tea for supper. I'm just telling y'all, we've done it. And because we've done it, now we realize that's, that's not really not that hard. And not only have we done it, but we've seen God's blessings as a result of it. Jesus says, when you do something like that, do it in secret, and your Father, which sees what you're doing in secret, will reward you openly. Nola Church, do you want the reward of the blessing of Jesus in your life? Do you want it? Do you want it? I'm just giving you some insight into how you can get it. You can get it by consecrating yourself, setting yourself apart for His service. It works. It works. And you know what? I don't always get what I want. My wife will tell you, I quit fasting for things and now I just start fasting for more of Him. Some of y'all need to fast and pray for more of Him. Every one of you in here, and if you have a health condition, something that would mess you up with food, diabetes, whatever it is, do do not harm your body. I'm not encouraging anybody to do that. But if you just like to eat, be okay to push back from the plate for a while. You will live. If you've really been cutting and working on your gains, you might lose a little bit, but you know what? you probably ruined that before Christmas anyway. You'll get it back. It'll change your metabolism. That's okay. You'll change your metabolism back. But everybody in here needs to tune out something that's been loud in their life so they can tune in and hear the voice of God loud. Everybody. Everybody. So the way I do it, I'm going to have a a last, I'm going to break bread one last time. I'm going to have a, we had last, this was Jesus' last supper when he had the the first communion, the first sacrament. I'm going to have a last supper tonight and then, man, I'm going to live on God and coffee or hot tea. This is how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to set aside time. My alarm goes off at 6.30 every morning. Season of life I'm in right now. I work late, but I don't go in early. 6.30, I've got a prayer list. I've got the number one thing I know I'm praying for at 6.30. 6.30 every morning when that alarm goes off, I pray. I'm just going to pray. I'm going to seek God's face. But I'm going to do my part so I can tune in and hear what he has to say. Would you all stand to y'all's feet? I know I went over. I'll let Pastor Monty close however he wants to close, but I'll say this. In that story of Daniel, Daniel just, he he kept enough for sustenance. He just didn't have his sweet-smelling lotion. He wasn't drinking his wine. He wasn't eating his meat. He wasn't having sweet treats. He was living, though, and his heart was grieving, and he was just praying, God, what does it mean? What can we do? And from the very first time he prayed, his prayer was heard in heaven. And so I'm telling y'all, something, There is a spirit realm we don't even see. But sometimes we can sense it and feel it. There is a darkness that the enemy has hold of friends and family of ours, of our community, of our neighbors, of this city. And God has chosen, because y'all have been willing, He has chosen Nola Church to be a beacon of light for you to be the sent ones that go out and make a difference. So you're going to encounter some resistance from time to time, because the kingdom of the enemy doesn't like you taking territory. He doesn't like the life-giving Spirit of God flowing in you and flowing out of you and ministering to other people. So one of the ways that we battle, one of the ways we battle is we just take it to the Lord. And the Lord fights our battles. When the angel came to see Daniel, he said, for 21 days, I've been in spiritual, supernatural warfare. But I've been sent since the very first time you begin to cry and pray. God's been turned. He's turned this church upside down since the first time I came. And He's done it because of seasons just like this. Just like this. God bless you guys. I love you.